is not about revenge. Liar! This is about saving the future of humanity! Jean-Luc, blow up the damn ship! No! No! Hello and welcome to the Video Shop Podcast, I'm Cal. I'm Sam, and today we just finished watching uh, Star Trek Next Generation, the best of both worlds, two-part, a special edition that was edited into one, and then we watched, just on normal DVD, not on Blu-ray, Star Trek First Contact. And Cal has his head in his hand. I was so tired before watching these. And I'm only more tired. I'm running on fumes. And Coca-Cola. And Coca-Cola. And just and just Coke. Well. <laughs> um, JK, JK. Lol, Rufflecopter away. Um, lol, 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 lol. <laughs> Uh, now, well, I've seen both of these before. I'm a huge Star Trek geek. I don't know if it was the fact that we downgraded to DVD. <laughs> but in in the DVD of the movie, Data looks sick. <laughs> but, um, yeah. What's his... Riker's beard wasn't as good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It has to be in HD for that beard to be good. <laughs> to get all the density of it. So um, dense. Every frame's got so much going on. And everything just became so much more phallic. <laughs> and and the, the bridge of the Enterprise was much more boring, much less sexy. Yeah, that Enterprise, the Enterprise D, which is the one in, in Best of Both Worlds, is... Yeah, yeah. it is! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the movie was more phallic, was it? <laughs> uh, hey, you would take women... Back to that bridge. Fuck yeah. That bridge had wood panelling and nice, like, leather chairs and shit. It was tell awesome. My, tell my girlfriend that we you, that, you, <laughs> that, would you? So that, you know, we can have that as our living room. Seriously. It's, it's a sexy, sexy bridge. It is a sexy bridge. And all it needs is slightly more leather chairs, like for where people were standing at the back. Just put chairs there. Yeah. And, yeah, and replace the windscreen. With a big old TV or a projector. And well, that that's what you got in it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then that that's a that's a great lounge room. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you, you, even you just have like a couch rise from the center and lower back down as you need it. Well, see, look, I don't I don't think you necessarily need it. I like if you got one of those like couch setups to go in the front where the captain's chair and the first um, first officer's chairs are. Um, it, like, yeah, if you've got like a nice leather couch to go in that, yeah. that bit instead, that'd be okay. I'd accept that. That's that's close enough. Yeah. But I think... It, I mean, you didn't really see it in the episode we watched, but at the very back, the back computer screens they had, mm. underneath that, a bunch of chairs just roll out. Mm. And they're like little mini couches. That's pretty cool. So you just roll them out, you spin them around, sit on that, and watch, yeah. watch the telly, watch some good old Star Trek. Yeah. It's great. It's, uh, like that... I was really disappointed when, when yeah, um, Enterprise E was just yeah. boring and not as good as D. It, it, yeah, well, you can't beat the D, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, I was going to be sad. Uh, yeah. I just, I was going to be sad. Uh, well, you see, the thing with Enterprise E, I, I actually like the external of Enterprise E a lot more. Yeah, it looks much more realistic. It doesn't look like, it doesn't look off balance and... and yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. But when you when you think it's space, it doesn't have to yeah, be. Yeah, that doesn't have to be balanced, but it still looked like it had flimsy, weak bits that could be shot off. And... Yeah, Enterprise E is very sharp. It looks like a shark that's gonna freaking eat you. Yeah, the other one looked like a weird kind of space city, like a something you'd sit on your desk that somebody gave you one year that you don't really know what it does <laughs> has a very very specific function and you don't remember what it is. It's to remove something or to hold something else in place, but I don't know what. Yeah, that's what the yeah. ori- that's what that's what the D looked like. Yep, yeah, no, that sounds about right to me. Um, story wise, though, um, that whole sorry, I'm eating ice. Ah, <laughs> uh, they love it when we eat mm. things. Mm. Mm. We should have we should have had some snacks. We really. should. Well, I've got some chips over there. Some nice crunchy. Uh, chips oh, if you like. Oh, that sounds like an awful idea, though, doesn't it? It does. Um, that whole, like... Like popcorn at the cinema. Whose fucking idea was that? That is the fucking dumbest idea. Noisiest food in the world. Yeah. Let's eat it at cinemas. Dumb. Um, and, like, you get nachos now. Dumb. That yeah, is anyway. really dumb. Really dumb. Anyway, continue. Um, so, I was going the whole, to... The whole story with, um, like, Riker... Rising in rank and people wanting him to be captain of these other ships, ultimately leading to him going, "Oh well, that decision to not 
pursue a better career and stay on the Enterprise save my life because literally every other cunt died <laughs> yeah yeah the Melbourne which named after a, a city we're, we're we're nearby to <laughs> <laughs> like two hours away from uh so um if uh third brute yeah so that saved his life that's um like that destruction like you've seen all those ships destroyed there is nothing akin to that in Star Trek before that episode. Mm. The original series, the only ships you ever really saw was the Enterprise mm. and foreign ships. Because yeah. the original series was all interplanetary travel. Yeah, and exploration. Right? And exploration. And, and there was very little contact with Earth. I think yeah. there were only a handful of episodes. This one, there's a little more contact in this series. It's more, this is the big ambassadorship. It's the flagship of the Federation. It's... Yeah. it's they still do exploring, but it, and it is still a central part of the show, but there's so much other stuff to it, whereas the original series was mostly exploration. Yeah. But up until this point, you don't really see any destruction or anything like that. It just, mm. it's not there. Well, and when you do, they just kind of brush over it and go, we don't have time to worry about this, we need to fuck up the Borg. Right, yeah, so you, and the, the impact comes from seeing the destroyed ships rather than the fight itself. Mm. Now, something funny about this episode, though... The first part of Best of Both Worlds was the end of season three, right? Right. To be continued, find out what happens four months later. Yeah. Fucking big punch in the gut. I never had to experience, thankfully, because I wasn't alive in 1990. Um, I, I didn't need to look at the date for that. Oh, yeah. Nicely done. Good brain. It's because I looked at it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, Good job, brain. Good thinking. <laughs> and I think that was 97, that movie, yeah. if memory serves. So we had to wait, and then season four picked up where the season left off, and... There was a lot of... Even the actors didn't know. They're like, wow, is Picard getting ridden out here? Is, is, mm. is, is, is Riker going to be the captain now? Mm. And that would have made for a great story and a great way to write out a character. Mm. Glad they didn't because Picard is ace. And Picard he just, is really and, good. And he just gets better. Up until this episode... This, this is the turning point in Next Gen for me. Series 1, 2... And even most of three, it still is kind of stuck in the tacky vein of the original series. Yeah. It hasn't quite found itself yet. Right. And there is just a lot of silliness and just a lot of... There's a lot of just dull episodes and du- just a lot of duds. Mm. And the stories just aren't as good. The effects, obviously, are not as good either. And yeah. as you watch beyond series four, four, five, six, and seven are all fantastic series. I still enjoy one to three. But this was the turning point where it turned from a decent show to the best Star Trek show. Yeah. And this episode is actually what spawned Deep Space Nine. Yeah. The Borg never appear in Deep Space Nine, but Cisco, who's the captain in that, right. actually was on one of those ships in that fight right. of the Battle of Wharf 359 or whatever it was. I think it's 359. Um, whatever. So he was on one of those ships right. with his son and his wife, and he saves his son... And evacuates with a bunch of people on shuttles. Right. But his wife is killed on that ship. Yeah. And then it jumps to years later when he's in charge of Deep Space Nine, which is the space station. Uh, and he's just got like a, hot, a, a lot of pent-up resentment for Picard and the system and things like that. Yeah. And he becomes a very interesting character in Deep Space Nine. Very interesting. He's probably my second favourite captain next to Picard. Yeah. I prefer him over Kirk and Janeway. Um... Janeway, she's a she's the worst. Yeah, and yeah, like that. They decided to have a female captain, right? Which was mm. a very good way to go, and she mm. was okay for the first few seasons, and then then just started writing her like a man. She just became a, a male character who was a female. That's, I I don't know. Like, I don't, I need to watch it to see if the character changes, but it's I don't know. It, that's the kind of role that just shouldn't matter what gender you are. Like, it, well, exactly right. But they they wrote her to be tough. She had to be this tough, I can kick your ass kind of character, which yeah. seems to be the cliche they fall into when trying to write a strong female character. Yeah, they, they just go way over the top, too, yeah. too powerful, yeah. Yeah, it's not even like she was too powerful. She was just arrogant and irritating and, and yeah. not, like, you know, not like a Ferosa character from Mad Max, example of a good female character. Yeah. She was more like a Clara. Yeah. With- Fucking... From Doctor Who. For you those had to say know. it, didn't you? You had to get me mad, Sam. <laughs> Fuck. Just feeling the fire. I don't even care if this is jingling on the microphone. Fucking. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. I'm angry. People with headphones don't like you now. 
<laughs> Fuck you, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> no, you listen with headphones. I'm um, probably Hugh, too. Yeah? Is he still listening? <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't know. He probably won't listen to this one. <laughs> Star Trek related. Yeah, fair enough. It's understandable. Um, so, this episode spawned a lot of good. Yeah. The best of both worlds. Well, and, what, what do, as someone who hasn't seen it before, and hasn't seen the rest of the show, mm, what were your thoughts on it? Well, so I had to basically um, compare it to the two most obvious things um, in my head that uh, is connected, in that the Borg are exactly what... Um, Neil, use, Neil Gaiman use, turned the Cyberman into. Yeah, he pretty much took the Borg and were like, let's do that with the Cyberman. Yeah, which I don't mind as much because the Cybermen were so shit and need to be better. Um, <laughs> They're still kind of shit though. Well, I don't they just like haven't the even Cybermen. touched on them since. Like, well, the fucking the whole Dark Water thing was just not a real Cyberman story. No, 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 had no, no. That was um, that was all well done, like the reveal and that. But the Cybermen were barely in that, really. Well, they weren't even real Cybermen. I don't think they were the. Masters. They were created by Miss Fucking. Dumb. Yeah. Dumb it, fine. Like, let's not go into yeah, that. Yeah, let's not, because season 8 fucking sucks! Anyway. <laughs> um, and then the the other one was Mass Effect, which right. is clearly, like, taking a lot of, um, of of cues from Star Trek. And I didn't realise when I was playing Star Trek, so it's when nice. When you play Mass Effect. So, so, yeah, I was playing Mass <laughs> Effect. It's like, it's like playing Borderlands and Fallout, and then watching Mad Max for the first time, like I did, and then right. realising, oh... That's where all these tropes came from. Right, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and, and that's that's kind of what it's like for me. It was watching a weird spin-off of a Mass Effect TV show. <laughs> right. To me. Yeah, well, featuring, featuring villains of the, <laughs> the more recent seasons of Doctor Who. So, yeah, understandable. Yeah, but I, I really liked all the characters that I got to know, besides, I think, is it Geordie LaForge? Yeah. Yeah. He just seemed useless all the time. Everything he did just fucked up. And I don't know whether that's his character or not, but... Geordie LaForge is funny. He's a, I, I like Geordie LaForge. He's he's nowhere near my favourite engineer mm. in Star Trek. But, I mean, he's he's just he's just an engineer. He, he can see stuff with his eyes, and he, he has some traumatic stuff with his eyes sometimes. Like, that's kind of all there is mm. to his character. Mm. Like he, The problem with Geordie LaForge is he doesn't have a lot of character. Yeah, which is He fine. has some good character moments, but... All in all, he he's a decent character, but he's yeah, he, he's fine. But he, yeah. he's nothing. He's nothing special. It just seemed like everything he did in these two things fucked up or backfired on him in some way. Like he's talking to Farmer Hoggett about how he's going to be this massive right. Hero he's just and a ultimately twat just in that. ruins. Yeah, that like, was just dumb. gets him all nervous and stuff. Like, don't worry, there's going to be millions of people watching you. Just go out on stage and give it your best. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no! Yeah, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a mong in that respect. I bet he has... And then uh, he's just like, oh, BT dubs, time travel, see ya. <laughs> At the end of this fucking movie. Geordie has a little bit of Daphne syndrome of getting captured. <laughs> I'm not even joking. That's, like the previous... He's the damsel in distress of this... This show? Sadly, yes. God damn like, if, it. if I had to pick someone in this show who was the damsel in distress, it's Geordie LaForge. Right. I which mean, is pretty bad, really, when you think about it. It's just a. Well, when you think about it, like, he's a visually challenged um, black man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, of course he's the weak victim, you know? I mean, like he's a genius and politically he's, correct in this. He always like, comes yeah. up with, um, you know, that like he's a genius. He's very clever. I mean, he's clever yeah. enough to be the engineer on the Enterprise. Yeah. So you know, but he's yeah. In the previous episode, he actually gets captured, mm. and they put a, a like a little camera in his visor and give him back to the Enterprise. Yeah. And they figure out what the Enterprise's shield frequencies are because of the, right. because of that visor. And they shoot the Enterprise out of the sky. Jesus. And that's how it gets fucked up. Wow. I mean, just before it falls out of the sky, Riker gets off a good shot and destroys their opponents. Of and course. then it falls out of the sky. Right. Picard left it for like an hour and Riker put it on the fucking ground. <laughs> a pile of dirt. Well, see, like, um... The, the, what did you... The, the key difference for me between... Star Trek and Mass Effect is that in Mass Effect the ship is tiny. The ship that they're on is a stealth ship and it's just got stupid big um, engines on it um, so that we can move really fast and 
Um, and yeah, a new kind of, of engine so it can be more stealthy. Whereas the Enterprise is a fucking, uh, 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 what's the word? A generation ship. It's like, yeah. let's, let's have societies living on this fucking ship. Yeah. So like, I feel like what was missing was a bit more of the stakes. We didn't see any of the people being scared or being worried that they were going to die. It felt like a much smaller ship. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're not. You're not wrong in that respect. And that's something that um, Star Trek gets better at. Mm. Like I said, this was the turning point. Yeah. And fair enough, you can't you can't hire... On, on a show... I mean, it still hire... feels bigger than, like, the J.J. Abrams mm. films. Those sh- The ship feels freaking tiny in that. Yeah, it's it's just stupid how small that one is. And feels. it looks like an apple shop. <laughs> yeah, the fuck... Why is everything white in the future? Fuck the future of everything's going to be... Anyway, um, but, like... What leather? Wooden panels? Yeah, that was a sexy... Sexy bridge. <laughs> We're gonna keep coming back to anyway. That. <laughs> um, damn it, Brienne. What did I tell you? This can be the bridge. You're um, not gonna even listen to this podcast. Probably not. Um. Yeah. So I feel like if there was going to be an improvement that I was going to make nowadays, that would be it. And I feel like they missed that opportunity in the in the reboots. Well, you see. They did miss that in the reboots, for sure. And what you're talking about with, like, the tiny stealth ship? Mm. Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Like, Deep Space Nine has this huge freaking space station. Mm. But a few seasons in, they then, um... There's a war. And this is this is where Star Trek gets really interesting. It's interesting to see the Federation at war. And this... The war cut in Deep Space Nine starts after Next Generation has ended. Right. So you don't see how that team kind of how they interact with it yeah there's actually a missed opportunity in the movies as well mm. so there was this movie which happened just before the war started yeah then there's the war right yeah and the next movie for next gen uh takes place just as the war is about to end yeah. and they just they don't address it that movie should have been a deep space nine enterprise crossover war film like mm. that would have been fantastically good well uh, yeah I feel like war doesn't really lend itself very well as a wide scoping story to yeah to, to be to be made into a movie or something like that like it, whenever you hear war stories they're usually on a very personal level well that's why I think it would have worked with the movie the mm. show is very good Deep Space Nine is very good at having those personal stories and the overall conflict yeah because you've got because it's episodic, you could have both. You yeah. could have an episode that addresses one part of the war, then an episode that addresses another part, and altogether it'll cover the broad spectrum of it. Mm. Um, which is, um, and then the Defiant shows up in First Contact. That's the ship. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's one of the first Federation ships to get a cloaking device, right? So it actually can go invisible. Uh, it's armed to the T. It's got fast engines. It was designed to fight the Borg. Yeah. Fair enough. Like, I, uh, yeah, uh, I'm not entirely sure what other improvements I'd make. Besides maybe more Whoopi Goldberg, she was good. <laughs> She's in the rest a bit. Yeah, and I feel like, I think part of the problem was just that First Contact is a, is an older production. Like, the the pacing was just really weird. The pacing in First Contact is weird, and the pacing actually in the Next Generation movies are weird mm. because they write it like a two parter story. Yeah, and it feels like yeah, lots of rises and falls in tension, but not necessarily because the tension has subsided, but because we're just not going to look at the tense part for a while. Yeah, we're just going to look over here at, at Farmer Hogger trying to build a warp drive in a. In a fucking shanty town. Makes sense. It does not make any <laughs> sense. Like, uh, th- they've established that this is just post World War Three in 2066. You're not wrong. I I really do want to go. Like, in, if I'm if I'm alive in 2066. I really want to like edit this movie to have 2066 music <laughs> in in the bar where actual 26. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I want to edit it, like, reshoot it at the actual location, Ooh. with actual 2016 location. Ooh. World War 3 never happened. We're all doing fine. We don't need to invent warp drive. Timeline's ruined. Actually, while I remember it, one really fun... So in the original series of Star Trek with Kirk and that, there was one episode where there was a transporter accident. Yeah. And Kirk, Uhura, and um, Scotty accidentally beamed into a parallel dimension called yeah. the Mirror Universe. Right. Um, sounds dumb, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Pretty much the Mirror Universe is where everyone 
everything is hap- everything is more or less the same except flipped. So negatives have become bad and bad like like the Federation is a bunch of bad assholes really, like space bullies. Right. The Enterprise is not a exploration ship, it's a warship. Right. Kirk's a raging asshole. Spock's an asshole who has a goatee. Um, it's fantastic. That's evil the only thing they do to make him evil. Is a <laughs> and he ends up turning kind of good. Uh, and then, and then that goes into Deep Space Nine as well. Deep right. Space Nine has a um, has a bunch like a whole arc of mirror universe stories, yeah. which are a lot of fun. Uh, but then uh, Star Trek Enterprise, which is the prequel series, they also do one. They do a two parter that takes place entirely in a parallel dimension. Yeah. And you actually see where the di- where the um, universe first split. Yeah. So Zephyrin Cochran he walks upright and he shakes the hand of the Vulcan. Or mm. uh, the Vulcan does the whole thing. Mm. Zephyrin Cochran tries to do it and then goes to shake his hand. Mm. Instead of shaking his hand, he pulls a sawn off shotgun out of his pocket, shoots the Vulcan in the face. All the humans raid the Vulcan ship, Jeez. steal all their technology. Wow. Fucking create an armada and conquer Vulcan. That's crazy. Yeah, like you don't see that, but that's what happens. Then it jumps forward to the Enterprise timeline and that's you see. awesome. It's, it's pretty great. Yeah. And the timeline, there's a lot of really cool Mirror Universe stories. You never see Voyager's Mirror Universe or Next Gen's Mirror Universe. Mm. Um, because by that point, it's, it's the timeline is split enough that actually neither of those ships exist. Yeah. Because Kirk has an effect on Spock, the Mirror Universe Spock, who ends up becoming like a good guy and dismantling the Armada of the Federation, or they call it the Terran Empire, of course. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, And when he dismantles the Armada, they are conquered by the Romulans and Klingon uh, Alliance. Oh, wow. And then it's like human slavery stories. Jeez. So it's some fantastic stories, the Mirror Universe. I love those what-ifs. Stories. Well, that's pretty much what they are. Yeah, and uh, I mean, many, there's a there's a heap of Doctor Who ones I need to listen to from Big Finish to do that. Um, but yeah, what if stories are always really, really interesting, and that's that's what you should do with time travel. I think. Yeah, it's like let's just not fuck with it, but let's just observe what would happen if, you know. Yeah. Well, they took that that they actually it was the same footage and everything. Like they yeah. they naturally they copied and pasted it pretty much. They couldn't get the same actor to play Zephyrin Cochran, yeah. so they, the close up on the gun pulling out was it was a close up on that, so you couldn't see his face. And, right. Of course, but it's all, it's done really well. And Enterprise, for all its faults, was a well made show. Yeah. Like it looked good. It, yeah. Um, even if all the stories weren't great. Yeah. Um, you, you've watched Red Dwarf, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah I watch a bit of Red Dwarf. Have you seen the Mirror ep- the Mirror World? Episode? No, I haven't seen the Mirror World. Oh, episode. Man. That sounds great, though. It was really funny. Like, essentially, what happens is there's there's a, a big virus that's wiping out everybody on the rebooted Red Dwarf. Like all the all the crew are getting sick, and Rimmer is sent through the mirror portal thing. Like you've got to shoot this weird laser out of the mirror, and then you can walk through it. It's weird. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. To to go to the to the mirror universe where the disease was to find the cure and bring it back. Uh, yeah. So so he he finds the cure and he writes down the the synthesizer code thing on a bit of paper and comes back and goes to use it. But because he's moved through the mirror, the code has reversed itself and just become the virus. So he just makes more virus. Okay. Fair <laughs> so enough. like in the extended version, they have to like set up some kind of communication between each one and and send one unit like one bit of information at a time back and forth to try and reverse it and yeah and synthesize the code but they were short of time so the ship is literally exploding and everybody's dying and Rimmer just kicks death in the balls and then the roll credits that <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah great yeah so it's just not even touched upon again in the next episode they just everybody dies <laughs> yeah. who's who's turning you're making yeah. noise Fuck you, ruining our recording. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> That's great, I love it. Mirror Universes are fun. Yeah, Mirror Universes are fun. They're, there's some good... Some, I, I've, I've actually wanted to... Oh, here's another idea for a podcast. <laughs> ah. I've actually wanted to go back and watch the Mirror Universe episodes in their chronological order. Okay. Then that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll break. We'll mm. break. <laughs> oh, <I'm> break. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, that. Well, there was something I was going to say before. I don't know. But yeah, I, I'm sure people have gone to like um, Back to the Future Three 
or whatever. Because yeah, right. that, that was set or in 2015. Wasn't Back it? to the Future Two. Two was 2015. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then and just yeah, gotten all the music and replaced it with <laughs> um with, with like actual music from 2015. I reckon that'd be cool. Yeah, just like like to, the, to hear uptown funk. In, we'll do that in, 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 in 2060 for this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I think that'd be really. Cool. I wear Someone your granddad's clothes. <laughs> I look incredible. <laughs> I'm in this big old coat from that. That's a recent song, right? Is it? I'm current. It's about two or three years old. Fuck! <laughs> Jesus. I mean, I'm laughing, but I don't know shit. I know that fucking Uptown Funk is on the radio, and I know nothing else. Okay, well, I don't listen to the radio. <laughs> yeah, What's well, a radio? Exactly, because we have fucking iPods and shit. Oh, Even geez. that's a fucking dated reference. <laughs> we have phones that can play music. Google uh, Play Music. What's a phone? Yeah, you no. mean a, a, a mobile? <laughs> a fucking communicator. God damn it. <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> Actually, do, 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 do. The, their incoming message alerts is my incoming email alert. Oh, so you nerd. <laughs> a Dalek is my text message alert and the Star Wars theme's my ringtone. Oh, man. See, I, I've, I've my got... phone could not be nerdier. Admittedly, I have Pokemon noises as my ringtones, but... Oh, you see, that's not much better. <laughs> that isn't much better. But still, you're a fucking nerd. <laughs> what the, all right, so are you. Um, I'm trying to think of more shit to say about this stuff, because I, I actually did enjoy watching it. But I feel like... It's, it's a... You, you have to... Um, with Star Trek, at least the original series in Next Generation, you really have to watch it from the point of view of, you know, how old it is yeah. and the pacing. Because it is very different to... It's how you would watch classic Doctor Who. Yeah. You, you take that cut. You put that kind of lens on it. Mm. Well, uh, yeah, and and I did, I did really enjoy it, and it looked spectacular on Blu-ray. It did look pretty good on Blu-ray. I'm considering. I I, I haven't watched that Blu-ray version yet. Well, I'm considering I can only imagine it all on Blu-ray. I can only imagine that Riker's beard would look much much better, <laughs> and that uh, um, um, Data wouldn't be anywhere near as sick. You know, I I was real. I really looked hard for the Blu-ray copy of that. <laughs> JB Hi-Fi didn't have it. Sanity didn't have it. Yeah. And that's the only place that sells DVDs in this back end town. Mm. So, so what's up with all the fucking sexual tension in the in the movie? Because there is so much all the time. No, I, I was supposed to remind you to talk about the wi- the, the, the fucking yes, thank you. Window. The, the room. <laughs> all right. So let me explain to you why this room doesn't make sense. Okay. Even though I'm sure you already know. Mm-hmm. So in the movie, for those of you who haven't seen it, although you probably should watch it if you're listening to this. Yeah, don't don't listen. Captain to this Picard and Black Lady from the past. What was her name? Lily. Lily, Lily Pad. Um, Lily Pad. I'm sure that's that's sexist. How I, your, how I Met Your Mother reference. He calls her Lily Pad in that. I haven't seen How I Met Your Mother. Oh, don't. I've seen some of How I Met. <laughs> you're the first person that ever told me not to watch that show. Okay. But so, how? alright, quick tangent on How I Met Your Mother. Oh, God, right. here we go. So, How I Met Your Mother is a good show until you watch the final episode. If you like, watch... I've seen the final episode. I liked the final episode. Oh, it's horseshit. Well, it makes sense. That the mum's dead and he ends up with Robin? He doesn't end up with her. He has yeah, another he does. crack. Yeah, but that's... Like, I didn't need to watch the, like, eight seasons yes, to find out he got back cheated, with but Robin. But didn't we get, like, a season and a half of him, like, actually with the mother and, you know, getting to no. know why, how, why she was awesome mm. and the great effect she had on all of their lives? One episode he spent with her. Bullshit. Nah. They had a season where she met everyone else one episode at a time. Yeah. And met him in the final episode and then it was him and her for a couple of scenes. In an episode that spanned across like five years. End the show there then. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much that's what you want. Um, so How I Met Your Mother was great until you watched the final episode and that ruins everything else. Okay, I see, like, I feel like it's a good message to be like, it doesn't just work out. Things aren't just fucking fairy tale after you yeah, find your one fu- true love bullshit but when that doesn't sh- exist. When your show's all about that though... And when you end up with Robin again, when the they kids... just, like, they made so much points, and so many points they made it very clear, Robin and Ted don't work together. Mm. And the whole last season is entirely about Barney and Robin's wedding. Mm. Like, there is, not even kidding, 20 episodes of that. Mm. Uh, and then in the next episode, they break up. Mm. Well, I liked, like, I liked how Barney ended, though. I liked how Barney was like, 
I have no reason to be responsible. I, I, this is what makes me happy. I'm going to do what makes me happy. And then he finally found that one thing to, to care about. I, I like that too. I but feel it, like was, it was done really quickly and tacked on the end. But That whole... The, the, it, I would have probably been fine with it if that last two episodes was the season. Mm. You didn't need to have a whole season of... They just rushed it. They're like, ah, oh, shit, we're not quite where we wanted to be. Quick, let's write that. Anyway. The window. The window. <laughs> That's not a window. Okay, so... The force field window. There are plenty of places on the Enterprise that... Where there are not windows. Okay? Where, where there really could be windows. Where there should be windows, arguably. Yep, and the windows are actually... Um, they're not glass. Because you jump to warp, the glass is going to shatter instantaneously. Well, exactly. They're, it's, yeah, they're, it's they're some kind of clear steel. Transparent <laughs> aluminium. Yeah. I'm not even joking. That's what it is. What? That's horseshit. Because trans- aluminium would be would be really soft and, and shitty. No, well... Uh, aluminium is ne- terrible metal. Transparent aluminium. 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 Which is completely different from aluminium. Yeah, completely different. That's what they say. In the sh- <laughs> yeah, I like... I like in Star Trek... Uh, in... They say things like aluminum, yeah. um, but they all, they use kilometers for everything because that makes sense. Americans make sense. are still going to pronounce because it that way, but they will transfer to kilometers. Well, yeah, because it's the it's the only correct way to do things. You're the right. metric system works infinitely better than the imperial system for everything besides dividing by three. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, that sums it up. Uh, so the window. Yes. There are plenty of places on the Enterprise where you don't have that transparent aluminum. Where you have a... Uh, the, the the shuttle bay, for instance. You have the shuttle door that mm. comes up. There's a force field there so that the sh- shuttles can still go through but without the atmosphere being sucked out. Yeah. Why there is a tiny little window that has the same function as the shuttle bay, I have no idea. In some random laundry room. In a room that the only... Ac- I didn't see another door in that room. So mm. the only access point is a tunnel. <laughs> and there's one control panel and that only control panel's function appears to be opening that window. Mm. My only guess is it's Picard's secret sex chamber. I'd be cool with that. That's my best guess. That works the best with the canon. I mean, because <laughs> right now, everything is about sex. <laughs> da- Data gets captured. Um, fucking Borg woman gives him skin so that way she can bang him. It's the only... That's the key plot point of Data's part of this story. Pretty much sums it up. <laughs> I mean, Data's always trying to become more human. The yeah, introduction yeah, of the emo- emotion ship is... I've always disliked that. I feel like summarising all of human emotions into one computer chip sounds wrong. That Like, the reason why they they're do complicated it. is because it is a more complex... It's a heap of things interacting. Well, they do it in the show in one episode where he meets his creator. Mm. Um, I think his creator then dies. Mm. But but then, he, you know, he comes to the realisation, I can't handle these. I'm not designed for these. These aren't good for me. Yeah. He keeps the chip. And then in the previous movie... Um, he's told to do something funny and that people falling in water is funny. So he then pushes Beverly Crusher. No, he pushes Deanna Troy into water (laughs) thinking it's going to be funny. And everyone kind of looks at him like, what the fuck, Data? That's not funny. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? (laughs) God, take a step back and look at yourself. You're a mess, Data. You're a mess. But yeah, and then like that, the but, whole um, Lily having Picard at gunpoint was way sexual that whole time. Like, and then and then their like their little romantic view of Australia at the at the window, oh, yeah, was a bit weird. And then um, even Joy to the Forge like just swooning over fucking I can't remember his name. Is that from Cochrane? Cochrane. Um, yeah, it was it was all very. Romantic, wasn't it? Well, remember, it was directed by Riker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, because Riker was probably the only one who didn't have a proper, you know, sexual tension moment. But so, like, arguably, well, when... he had very little to do with the story, which was al- obviously a writing choice. Well, yeah, because I imagine he had some role, at least, you know, in, adver- in advising direction on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he he helped. He would have helped with the script, and they would have known he was directing. Um, it's fine though it's good and as a sequel to the best of both worlds episodes it's pretty good yeah absolutely and it was really interesting to see because I thought they were going to go more into Picard being affected by the implants Mm. like spoilers for Mass Effect there's 
um, like in the first five seconds of the second game, you, you, your character, Commander Shepard, is essentially entirely destroyed oh, and, is, and is rebuilt, and then has to like kind of work off their debt with this organization that rebuilt it. Or, right. Or, okay. Whichever one you choose. So like that that was like a big missed story arc in that was that they had all this like control over your body at one point you know like they you you have a lot of implants and stuff in you from that you know and that, that's what I thought this was going for was to, you know to complete that story arc and that's that this was like that Mass Effect was referencing this in Star Trek and then both of these shows like both Mass Effect and Star Trek did nothing with that yeah right you're, you're right about that being a great like idea to go with mm. like the the effect of implants and, and how and how that would you know, hurt someone. Star Trek Voyager, seven yeah. of nine. Not only is she a babe, she is one of the best <laughs> characters in the Star Trek canon. Yeah. Her and her and the Doctor. Um, yeah. Who who's actually just called the Doctor because he's an he's a hologram. <laughs> Fuck up. <laughs> well, they they call him the EMH. He's the right. emergency medical hologram. Right. Um, but the Doctor is easier. They just say Doctor, Doctor. Give me the news. I got a bad case. Uh, I'm out. <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, Voyager takes all its Borg cues from this movie. Yeah. So the Borg queen re- reappears because she's like clones. She's got tons of clones of herself, obviously. That makes sense. Yeah, and um, and the collective is way bigger than just this one cube. Yeah. Uh, and you see the psychological and traumatic effects that removing someone from the collective actually causes. Mm. Not only through Seven of Nine, but they end up removing a bunch of kids from the collective. Ooh, wow. um, and one of them becomes a pretty cool character and actually is going to be in a independently produced pilot that they're doing for a new Star Trek show. Nice. Um, that the main characters, one of the main characters from that is actually done through internet funding. Yeah. It's actually going to be released on Thursday. What was I saying? Um, about- oh, yeah, they go, they go into a lot of details of that because she was in the collective for a lot longer than Picard was and she was assimilated as a child and grew up in the collective. Yeah. So she, unlike Picard, she isn't easily assimilated back. She has no memory of human life. She doesn't like her human name. Um, she just she she functions like a Borg still, even though she's not. Mm. Uh, she's she half uh, you know. There's a bunch of metal stuff still on her because the Doctor mm. can't physically remove those things without killing her. Yeah, yeah. It, for for those of you who haven't seen that, but for some reason have seen Silver Sun, she looks like the girl from Silver Sun, but if she was like older and a babe, like a massive major babe. Yeah, that's a really <laughs> weird parallel. To th- like, I mean, I know we've drawn that parallel before, but it was the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes more sense. Yeah, because yeah. well, that's that's what that's what she's 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 a very attractive blonde girl with cyberpunk bits coming out of her face and skin tight suit <laughs> oh. it's like I'm wearing nothing at all <laughs> you know actually her, the first suit they had her wear was so tight on her body she couldn't breathe in it wow. and they had to replace it with something a little just, less suffocating just throw in some bullshit plot point about her having no modesty because she's a robot and have her just walk around in a bikini because it's easier well there's an episode where oh you never saw the have you do you know who the Q are no you would love the Q <laughs> you would love the character of the Q so yeah. pretty much the Q are a godlike being right. literally has complete clicks his fingers gets what he wants right. straight away he, he is a god right and he's just the trolliest asshole. <laughs> he rocks up on the Enterprise bridge, clicks his finger, and has like this Mexican band with him. And he's in like a poncho, and he's like, Doodaloo! How does this thing exist in the Star Trek universe? That doesn't make any sense. Um, so, pretty much, the Q are beings that have, you know, evolved to a higher level that we don't yet understand. Right, yeah. Which I'm fine. I'm, I'm cool yeah, with that. I'm cool with that as an explanation. But it's, it's way too much power. It is, but one of their higher levels of being is that they don't really give a shit. Well, yeah, as you wouldn't. <laughs> but but the Q has a lot of important um, has a lot of important uh, interactions with the crew. First and last episode of Next Gen has the Q in it. Yeah. Uh, the last episode of Next Gen is fantastic. Yeah. Really good episode. They they have like this really cool story where it jumps to the past. 
Right. So you see the earlier versions of the characters mm. in the present, and it jumps to the future. Nice. So you see the future version of the characters. Just a fantastically told story. Yeah. Uh, but... Q. Right, there's an episode of Q where he clicks his finger and takes Seven of Nine's clothes off. Oh, nice. I like that. I've probably seen that on the internet. It's somewhere. actually the Q's son. Right. You don't see much. It's like waist yeah. up yeah, yeah. from behind, obviously. Yeah. It's television. But Yeah, I have seen that. You, you will have seen it. Even, yeah. As a citizen of the internet, I've definitely seen that. All right, good. Cool. <laughs> uh, so they do, those themes you're talking about, they do go into a lot with Seven of Nine and, and, and the kid characters. And it's a really good story. Now, I want to mention to you why a lot of people who are big Next Gen fans... A lot of people, like I said, still enjoy this movie because it's an enjoyable movie. And as a Star Trek fan, you can enjoy the characters and the aesthetic, the ship, the effects, everything. Captain Picard is not Captain Picard in this movie. Yeah. Now, watching Best of Both Worlds and then watching this, his actions make sense. Yeah, He's angry and vengeful. That takes place in Series 3. The Borg make numerous appearances between Series 3 and before the yeah. end. There is actually an episode where Picard has the opportunity to murder every single Borg in the universe and decides that genocide is not in his nature, so doesn't do it. I am sick! <laughs> Of people doing that story. And I know that this is just me being a Doctor Who watcher. I'm not going to say fan. Um, you know, because I, <laughs> I see this all the time. Into the Dalek? It's like, Doctor, you could kill all the Daleks. But you might have to, you know, sacrifice a couple of humans or something. Actually, it wasn't kill all the... All the well, it was kill all the Borg, yeah. Like, every time that... The, the, the decision is ultimately made that oh I, I, it's not in my name they, they, they're here for a reason like when the fourth doctor did and he's like well like numerous species have united and worked together against the Daleks the Daleks have caused a lot of good as well as a lot of harm that it'd be stupid to just remove them from history in time yeah that's fair enough do that once that's cool post time war genesis of the Dalek story that was good yeah, yeah. post time war just kill all the fucking Daleks already. Yeah. Especially right. when we've seen this story five or six times already in the same fucking show. I mean, I don't know if that's what it was like in Star Trek. I don't know if that happens all the time. Well, you but when see, I hear that fucking story. This 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 story was called Iborg. And pretty much Picard... <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, the thing is, what happened was there was a crash Borg um, uh, scout ship. Yeah. All the Borg were killed except one. Right, well, and they accidentally severed him from the collective. Right. And he began to become an individual. Yeah. And he was becoming an individual, but he wanted to return to the collective still. And he wanted to spread his... He wanted, he wanted to pull other people out of the collective, essentially. He wanted other people to experience the individuality that he had got. Yeah. And Picard, having been in a similar situation, sympathised with him. Mm. And, and, and when he had direct orders from the Federation to implant it with a deadly virus... And send the Borg back. They even gave him a name. I think it might have been Bob. <laughs> I can't be sure. Anyway, and they send him to send him back to the collective, and he doesn't put the virus in him. Yeah. And the, the Federation's like, "Oh, Picard, you're on you, you better watch it. You're on thin ice now." <laughs> I think something like that happened. Dude, sand, young man. Um. Um, and then, um, and then there's later stories where. Certain, not obviously the Borg Collective is huge, but there are several Borg fractions in certain areas of space because several of them have been split off from the Collective. Hmm. Um, there is so much um, Star Trek in Mass Effect. The, like, this is... Is Mass Effect just a Star Trek knockoff? It sounds like... Well, because that's the thing. A lot of these are science fiction tropes at this point. Well, they are, yeah. yeah like, it's... I don't know how much of it was invented by Star Trek. I'm an ignorant little flower that only grew up in the you know the, I'm get- the early 2000s. You see, most of the sci- uh, science fiction tropes we have now were created by one of really two shows. It was Star Trek or it was Stargate. Yeah. Uh, also, I- I'd say Star Wars, but that's not really that didn't really that's have any sci-fi. sci-fi. That's a fantasy. That's a yeah movie. fantasy movie. Um, that's more like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, which, yeah which so has... sci-fi tropes that come from Stargate or Star Trek now. Yeah, then 
basically Mass Effect is a really interesting, well thought out, really great universe that uses a lot of sci-fi tropes. <laughs> right. Um, and it, it, they do a fantastic job of doing it, and none of like you know that it's unoriginal, you know that it's derivative stuff, but you're still really invested in how these tropes all work together. Well, I'm curious to play the game now. You really should. I will. I will lend you them all. Okay. If you want. All right, I'm I'm tempted. You Maybe don't, you I, don't have I, a you don't have an Xbox. No, I don't. And you don't have a PC. No, no. I'm going to see if I can get it on Mac. For you. <laughs> I don't know if that's a possibility, but I'll see what I can do. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, really, I'll, I'll have to get a screen recorder. I'll do a I'll do a what's it called? You need to know game. though. The first game is clunky in combat. It's mostly a dialogue game. Okay, and I can then, live with that. I, my favorite video game at the moment is the first season of The Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah. Where you walk around and you click dialogue boxes. Yeah, but that's like the game. Try and like it, that. That's the Telltale game one. Yeah. Remember the bit where you you got to get the shotgun right at the beginning. You get the shotgun and, and kill the yeah. zombie. Yeah. Oh, don't tell me the combat's like that. That was it, pretty bad. That was smooth compared to some of the combat in. Wow. Because it's a third person shooter with no cover system. Okay. So like you've just got to stand behind a pillar and hope for the best and shit doesn't kill you. <laughs> I, I would say. Well, it's an older game now, isn't it? It's How? a. It's a. It's quite an old game. Um, when did it come out? 2004? I, I don't know. Hang on. I'll Google it. But um, but yeah, uh, what my friend Mr. Steven did was essentially he picked the soldier, went all the combat classes, and then it got easy. Then it was fine. But they have got like biotic powers, they call them, which is like the force and shit. Of course, right. Because uh, well, it's made by the people who did Knights of the Old Republic. Right, yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, there's a lot of derivative stuff in there. Um, hang on, Mass Effect... Um, Mass Effect, Mass Effect, Google in the Mass Effect. Um, Mass yeah. Effect. So, yeah, it was just that the combat system wasn't particularly refined. Like, this company hadn't done a real-time one before, as far as I know. I don't know, I'm just spamming shit. <laughs> 2007, it came out. So that's that, that still, is an old game. Yeah, that's still eight years ago now. You think, Jesus, 2007 was eight years ago? Ah, uh-huh. mm, uh-huh. That's fucked. Still feels like 2010. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> we're getting old. Oh, Son, we're getting old. Um, you can get it on Xbox 360, Windows, um, PS3, iOS, Wii U, Android. Oh, they're talking about the series, I think. That's fine. I'll look into it. I'll, I'll try and I'll try and get some. It it really is worth a look. Um, I might just play the third one because I hear that yeah, one's the best. It's only on 360, Windows, or PS3. So if you haven't got it, you don't have a console at home at all, do you? PlayStation Four. Why do you have a PS5? Okay. Um, I don't have a PlayStation 3. You have a PS3? Yeah. Well, then, then you can you can get it. You probably oh. get them all for less than 30 bucks. Yeah, I'll try, I'll try and hunt them down. Yeah. yeah. i got a PlayStation 3. That's mm-hmm. fine. Anyway, um, I don't remember what you were saying. The last thing we were talking about was 7 of 9 and general sexiness, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. And how the Borg... Uh, and how Picard acts out of character in that movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know Picard. But that that felt like a normal situation for me. Yeah, I mean it does, uh, and t- like I said, until you watch yeah, the other Borg episodes, the other Borg episodes, which in fairness aren't all great. Mm. Like there are some pretty lousy Borg follow-ups. Mm. The Eyeborg one though is a really good episode. Yeah, it's a good. Um, but Voyager then has just some great Borg stories and Seven of Nine and all that. Yeah. I mean. They overdo it a little bit because they're like, oh, our ratings are dropping. Let's chuck some Borg in there. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's fair enough. I mean, that's that's what you should do. I think you, you should always have your trump card. Doctor Who should always fall back on the Dalek. Yeah, which works. is the Borg end up being the Daleks of that. Yeah, um, the Borg I find less annoying when they show up than the Daleks, though. Oh, absolutely. If for no other reason than they just they have their set group of things that they say. I mean, the Daleks saying exterminate, exterminate gets, gets annoying. The, the, the when they shouted it in German, though, that was funny. Exterminieren! <laughs> uh, but the Borg showing up and going, resistance is futile, you will be assimilated with our... Uh, yeah, your, your culture and, and uniqueness will be will become our own. And they say that, like, three times in the whole episode. Mm. But then that's all they need to say. There's no negotiating with the Borg. Yeah, the Borg have a... Uh, <laughs> it's funny they say no negotiating. They get seven of nine because they actually team up with the Borg briefly. But but it's a great story, so um, I'm guessing you're probably not going to watch it. But probably not. I y- mean, you should, but you're probably not going to. It's just such a big investment. Like, <laughs> it is a big investment. Like, even if I did say that I was going to watch it, and I started watching it, it would be years before I could talk to you about it. 
<laughs> seven seas. Anyway, so seven of nine is the is the Borg that they assign to the Voyager. Yeah. Because there's this species called species um, eight two four seven or something. It's, it's some designation given to the species by the Borg. Yeah. And this is an interdimensional species that is actually far more powerful than the Borg. Right. And could potentially wipe out the whole galaxy, kind right. of thing. So the Borg tactically realizing they can't beat the species because they're like the opposite of the Borg. They're all organic. Yeah. And have, you know, defenses against the Borg. The Borg can't assimilate them. Yeah. Uh, and the Voyager then helps them put these people back, you know, force the species back into um, their wormhole in exchange for safe passage. And of course, yeah. as soon as they beat the species, the Borg goes straight to assimilation mode. And like we're gonna fucking assimilate you, mm. and and they actually capture Seven of Nine and free Seven of Nine from the collective. Yeah, who then becomes a fantastic character. Mm. Which again, that that's for Voyager. That's the turning point for me. That was season three or four, I think, mm. maybe four. And up until that point, it had been okay, but it wasn't as you know. It, it they they brought it on. Deep Space Nine is based on a space station. It's very much a drama. It's focused on war and characters, yeah. and less about exploration and. When Next Gen ended, they're like, we need another show about exploring space. So yeah. they did Voyager. And Voyager started off, it just wasn't as good as yeah. Next Gen. Um, and then as it, as it got on, it, it found its own footing and you know got its kind of own identity. Janeway got more annoying, but all the other characters got better. Yeah. You got Seven of Nine, and then you had the Doctor, who was awesome. And he's just such a funny character. He's actually programmed with a sense of humour and sarcastic, and he's like, yeah. it's, it's great. It's so funny. Mm. Star Trek is more and more becoming the kind of show that I think I would enjoy watching. It's it's only the commitment now. It's only the fact <laughs> that if is... I started watching it, I'd have to watch like 90 fucking years of the stuff. It's it is a lot. I mean, when you think about how much TV show how much TV you watch, it, it probably isn't that much. Mm, well, it, like that's three lots of 7 seasons. That's the big. Yeah. That's the big one. Yeah. If you choose to watch it, I recommend start with Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Watch Deep Space Nine. See how you go with that, and then you can transition to Next Gen or yeah, or Voyager if you like. But uh, you know, you know what I think we need to do in a couple of weeks. What's that? We, sh- we should watch Spain. Is, is that the yes. one that's Simon Nick for us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, Have you I, watched it? I've never seen it. No. Really? So, I'd love to watch that again. Yeah. So I, I and maybe even um, what was the Tim Allen one? Uh, the Home Improvement. No, <laughs> the, the Space Show. <laughs> Tim Allen was on a spaceship. It, it was. It was like a parody. Oh, Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest. Yeah. Galaxy Quest. So. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Home improvement. Oh, wow. Home improvement in space. Uh, yeah, I'd be down to do those. Spa- so spaced. Spaced is great. It's not really like a science fiction parody, but great minute where there's like uh, I won't spoil it. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it looks it looks really good. Um, and I, I, that's the thing I've never seen Simon Pegg and Nick Frost do sci-fi well, but I could. I like The World's End. I, uh, I, the more I look back on it, the more I go. Eh, I mean, it wasn't as good as, as Hot Fuzz or Shaun of the Dead, but yeah. I, it was still a decent film. I it was it was it. fine. It just wasn't. I felt like it wasn't a Cornetto movie. Mm, I, it, it wasn't as nice. I feel like Paul was a better Cornetto movie. Yeah, I, I enjoyed Paul more. Yeah. Paul was better, yeah. That was yeah. a sci-fi. Yeah, but also not a Cornetto movie. You're right. <laughs> and that had, that had Jason Bateman in it, though. Jason Bateman's great. <laughs> Which one was Jason Bateman? He's the spy. Or the, the, oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason Bateman's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he is. Yeah. Um, Hancock. Great, great movie. Yeah, but Spaced, <laughs> Spaced isn't actually science fiction. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen it. <laughs> you well, so you wouldn't know. That, that was the plot, so it's I thought it was... Yeah, it it on is on the older sides, but it's a good show. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I think if we're going to come back to sci-fi, if, we, if we've got a spare week, I think I think going down that parody route would be be a funny thing to... So, so Galaxy Quest. Okay. Not space. Oh, all right, fine. I, I'm happy to watch space. Don't call it a sci-fi parody. <laughs> well, it's its own thing. I don't know else to call it. A, a sitcom. Okay, a, a sitcom a, a, a great... set in space. It's not in space. Isn't it? No. I thought it was in space. No. Well, then what the hell the fuck did you even know what I was talking about? Because <laughs> I'm a pig. And Nick Frost did a show called Spaced. I thought it was in space. Does it take place in space? Well, I've been drastically misinformed. <laughs> it's about... <laughs> A poor guy yeah. and a poor woman who's Simon Pegg and, and another actress, I can't remember her name. Yeah. And they can't afford rent separately. So they pretend to be a couple to get a, to get a rent at this little apartment. 
And it's about their lives there and the people around them. In space. No! Damn it! No space! <laughs> That's so dumb! <laughs> I could have sworn there was one in space! Was it just Nick Frost then? In a, in a space TV show? He did a t- um, Attack the Block. I don't know. I'm going to look this up. <laughs> space. <laughs> Nick, Doesn't take Nick Frost sci-fi show. Wow. <laughs> Specifics. <laughs> Hyperdrive? Hyperdrive. British fleet of spaceships set out to explore galaxy in 2151. Is that a show? Looks like it. <laughs> okay. Maybe this is what I've seen and I just assumed it was spaced. Because <laughs> I just wow. made the name, if nothing else. <laughs> I mean, I can understand the confusion. <laughs> I'm still not sure why it's called spaced. I d- <laughs> uh, but yeah, apparently apparently that was 2006-2007. It was a TV series. Okay. Hmm. So maybe no that's maybe that's what I thought it was. Well, we could watch that if you want. <laughs> I, don't I don't. I've never seen it though, so it might I, be might be garbage. I didn't care enough. Because <laughs> so, here I was thinking that you would just go and be like, "Well, you know, it's set in space, but there's not a whole lot of spacey stuff, and it's not really a sci-fi parody." And I'm like, "Yeah, but it's set in space, though." <laughs> no, no, it's no, not space. even it's it's set in like East London. <laughs> Fucking hell. Well, we've just gone over the hour mark, but we've still got, we've got like five minutes to, to cut out, I guess. Anything you wanted to talk, anything else you wanted to say? Well, the... I'm, I, I, I love... Actually, no. Wait, wait, oh. sorry. Fucking in retro fucking fitting time travel into your fucking, like, mimicking the time travel of the Borg. Oh, yeah, the very end. Yeah. Yeah, he's Why like... the fuck didn't they do that in the beginning? Just go Why back the with the fuck can they not time travel everywhere and, ju- and just be ready with a fucking space ball bat to just whack the fucking <laughs> spherical bullshit thing right back at the Borg you Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, no, that... <laughs> That's that's the dumb moment in the show. Oh, like I, I can even let the room go. It's 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 his sex dungeon. That's fine. And then right. he doesn't they like him, we can bring, throw him out the floor. They should have brought a space a space ball bat. Because um, that whole line about I've replicated it. it they should have at least like maybe we've gone to the sun. I'm gonna f- slingshot around the sun. Time travel because they've done that before. Yeah. In other Star Treks. Or, or, I would have been okay with that. Or don't have Geordi on the fucking surface of the planet for the entire movie. Have him on the fucking, like... Have him, like, figuring it out, at least. Have them pick up a thing from the engine room saying, this was the thing they used to time travel. We can use this to get back. Yeah. I would have been happier with that. Anything. It, it could have just been a one-liner, but if it was said earlier in the show, so it was at least, you know... Yeah, it's like a last minute, like, oh yeah, they're in the past. We gotta get them back. Uh, Yeah. This line will do. Yeah, I mean, maybe they were short of time, maybe they had a bigger explanation. Because, like, fair enough, like, Geordie can't be in the engineering room, because that's taken over by the Borg. Could have killed him, that would have been ballsy. That would have been ballsy. Did they ever? (laughs) Geordie the Force didn't do anything good in the next few seasons, does he? Uh, Well, there's no more shows, it's only the movies, and no, no, he doesn't. Oh, look at it off then! (laughs) Actually, um, they they, they do get. Pretty bad. Like they, they kill off some main characters in Star Trek. It's, it's an impressive. In Next Gen, there's the early season. There's a, a character called Natasha. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you should watch early Next Gen if you're gonna watch Star oh. Trek, just because some of it is so bad. This character called Natasha. Yar, she's the head security chick. Yeah. And she just goes into like these moments where she's like, "I was born. I, I grew up on this, on this planet of you know of violence." It was awful till the Federation arrived. Just the rape gangs and the murder gangs and just all the rape. And it's just like, <laughs> wow, I was watching Star Trek. Don't depress me. Not, not rape Fuck. gangs. and Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, and then there's like this tar monster on a planet. Right. Dumb episode. Right, Love okay. It. And she like goes and she's like, I'm going to do this thing. And the tar monster like whips her. With some tar, and she dies. Wow! Like they just kill her off Jeez. in the worst way possible. That's insane. And Data had like a sexy thing with her. Ooh! <laughs> that was like the whole eight years thing he was talking about. Right. Okay. I think probably. It's she. It's... She had some fun returns though. Yeah. Like she came back. Ah, oh, come. That's complicated. Plot <laughs> All right. So there's a parallel dimension, right? Right. Where she existed. Yeah. And then, I'm not going into it. Right, so she, <laughs> she comes back, like, fucking Kachansky style. So, pretty much what happens, 
<sighs> Alright, so there's an episode called Yesterday's Enterprise. Right. Where the previous Enterprise, Enterprise C, which was instrumental, its destruction was instrumental in the Federation and the Klingons coming together in, you know, yep. with a treaty. And what happened was the timeline was altered, the Enterprise C went through a space anomaly mm. and ended up front to front with the Enterprise D and that caused a ripple in the timeline where the where the future in, in, in you know timeline Picard's time the Federation is losing a war with the Klingons and they're about to be beaten right and Natasha Yar is alive and on the bridge of that ship and she finds out from Guinan Whoopi Goldberg mm. who has like out of dimension vision and can see things and she's like Natasha Yar you're meant to be dead you died a pointless death back in the regular timeline. Mm. And Natasha is like, fuck, fuck that. So she goes on the Enterprise C, which goes back through the anomaly, mm. right? And back in time and faces the Romulans and helps bring the Enterprise, helps bring the Federation back together. Yeah. Jump forwards in time, in main timeline, which is back in tap. You find out that a bunch of people were captured and she actually got all friendly with a Romulan. And she is a descendant who's half human, half Romulan. Not right. Romulus. Played by the same actress, of course. Of course. Special genetic multiplicity and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so a really depressing... Impression. The point of that was a really depressing, pointless character who died did come back in an important way. Yeah. So I, I was under <laughs> the impression that there wasn't a whole lot of time travel in Star Trek until the movies, and the movies really fucked with things. By well, no, you see... Uh, this was the biggest problem with Enterprise. Enterprise decided to make its main overarching plot time travel related. Right. Which was dumb because it just it, it, it just is too confusing. Well, time travel just by default wrecks everything. Unless your story is built around it, like Doctor Who. Or intentionally not built around it, like well, yeah, Doctor like Who. Well, you, you, yeah. <laughs> Something like Star Trek has to follow certain rules, though, because it's trying to be a science fiction. And there are some good time travel stories um, where you know, where it works, and yeah, there's, there are a bunch of time travel stories in each in each Star Trek kind of era. Um, and there's the typical, you know, they're going to time travel back to the point in time where the show was filmed, so they can use regular sets and locations on the streets, of course. Yeah. But there's some really fun time travel stories that are really enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and like some cool paradoxes, you find out that Voyager traveling back in time by mistake is actually re the reason of the uh, microchip explosion of technology in the early, in right. the late 20th century. I hate that. I hate when major historical events become loops. Like, I was really worried that, like, when Geordie was there with the engineers and. and Parker. Yeah, yeah, Farmer Hoggett was, yeah, building shit. I was so worried that he was just going to go, oh, well, no, this is how it's supposed to go, and just rebuild. At, same as fucking Spock does to young Scotty in the new, in the in the reboots. Yeah, yeah, it's like, that's dumb. I hate that. When I was 12, and I saw Doctor Who do it, and I was like, that's really interesting. Uh, and I now that's I'm how like, this is dumb. But that, so, that wasn't the most important thing about about the episode. It was just like a thing on the side. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't the main story, which makes it, you know, it's just a detail in the story. Yeah, it's still annoying. I still yeah. don't like it. Yeah, I still get why it's annoying. But there are some, there are some great time travel stories, was the uh, point. Yeah. yeah. Um, in Star Trek. They do it. They do it quite a bit. There's a, there's a time travel story every couple of seasons. Mm. Less so in Deep Space Nine, actually. But there is one fantastic Deep Space Nine travel uh, time travel story. This is actually done for one of the anniversaries. Mm. The Define and Deep Space Nine crew travel back in time and end up in one of the original series episodes. Yeah. And they like green screen the green screen them into like certain scenes of the original series episode and you see them doing stuff in the background while the original series episode is happening nice a lot of fun that's pretty cool it's a really good story yeah <sighs> well, anyway we should I, probably wrap up yeah yeah um, uh, if there's, unless there's nothing else you wanted to say no nah, just that I enjoyed it uh, uh, well I've seen it before I love Star Trek we'll, yeah. I'm sure we'll come back to Star Trek at some point is Kirk not shit he's not shit he's better in the movies than he is in, in the show right okay. but he because you see William Shatner Kirk is not shit Chris Pine Kirk is shit but Chris Pine is an asshole yeah in, well, in everything that he ever does yeah. ever so and you see William Shatner isn't he comes off a little arrogant at times but he's like this classy elegant dude <laughs> that you kind of like you're arrogant but I like you anyway <laughs> it's like you, he, he, yeah he's almost like he has an excuse to be yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and I, I just I really enjoy Picard. And I really enjoy um, Patrick Stewart. 
He's, yeah, he's, 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 a cla- he's a classy dude in real life. Yeah, yeah, he's a lovely man. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, I just, I, I'm enjoying Star Trek a lot more than I thought I would, because it feels like a Mass Effect spin-off to me, and I love Mass Effect. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Alright. Uh, well, actually, before we go, yeah. what you were saying about Simon Pegg before, just, I want to make a connection here. Yeah. So Simon Pegg plays Scotty, right, in the new Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. And he was writing, uh, he's writing the script for the third one. No. Star Trek Three Destiny. Yeah. The first version he was going to hand into Paramount, mm-hmm. they said was too Star Trek-y, and he had to redo it. What? The Star Trek script was too Star Trek-y. Paramount, you bunch of dicks. You dickhead. I don't even have anything to say on that. Yeah, I just, I just wanted That's to put it just out there. That's just awful. I know. I'm hoping it's still good. It's called, what's it called? Star Trek Beyond. I think it's called Star Trek Beyond. I don't know what that means. Gee, I hit Whoa. the microphone. Hit the microphone. Oh, oh no. shit. No, no. no. Abort. Uh, red alert. Evacuate. DNA. No plugs! Oh, no plugs! Okay, plug. Plug away. Um... Alright, check us out on YouTube or something. <laughs> Just copy and paste, paste one of my plugs from the previous one. No, no. <laughs> Fuck you. you. Say it again. Um, you should you should subscribe on YouTube because the wait because it goes on your channel all the funny shorter ones. Yes. Yeah. Subscribe to Movies and Reviews to watch like the funny snippets from episodes that you have probably already listened to if you're a good fan. Get good. Or if you don't want to listen to the full thing and just want the highlights, the funny mm. bits. Check out my channel. There's a playlist for just the video shop podcast nice. episodes. So you don't have to sort through and listen to each one. But if you want to watch every video, I'm not going to object to that. Yeah. Go and for it. Go, go to yeah, go to the video shop podcast YouTube channel. Uh, for the full backlog for, yeah. of all our stuff. Yeah, because you won't find that on iTunes because we are poor and can't afford a website to host our stuff through. <laughs> I, I could afford it. I just don't want to. <laughs> Oh, that makes me feel uh, bad. Maybe I'll make a Movie Zone Reviews website, and then we'll just host video shop through there. I thought, I pretty thought, soon I'm just going to absorb... This is just... <laughs> the whole of JH2H. Well, this is just all... <laughs> this is bad, like, off-air, back, like, behind-the-scenes talk that we shouldn't be having. Yeah, well, check it... Check it and subscribe to us on iTunes so you can listen to us talk about Jurassic World next week. Mm. If you want to hear it first, just subscribe on iTunes. Yeah, and then and then it it'll be up on YouTube an undetermined amount of time. Later. You know, you know what we should do? We should put like we should pre-record your plugs and just stick them on the end every time. Because <laughs> every uh, every other podcast I've ever listened to has their plugs down pat and knows them and learns them and just repeats them. We could just do that by having you say it once and just tacking. Just I'll just keep that in. Oh, the but our plugs are so much funnier. But- <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And I get to change what I'm plugging all the time. <laughs> True. Get to make it current and relevant. True. Should put it at the beginning though, so they're forced to listen to it. <laughs> Should be like, hey, people uh, tuned out. Well, like five welcome minutes to the ago. video shop podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe <laughs> on video on, on YouTube. Yeah, we'll do that next time. I don't nah, know. that's just douchey. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So right. dig it, you Sans Pants Radio. Oh, oh, oh shots have been fired. <laughs> See you, nerds. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no one has gone before. <laughs>